Hello and welcome to episode 240 of Three Bears and Movie. I'm Richard Laird and I'm with... Colin McKay. Hello um, Colin, so how are you? Recovering episode, from Covid? I'm, I'm feeling pretty much back to my old perky self again. I'm so glad I'm you, you have you been, a bit better today. Yeah, I've been out walking and everything. So, no, feel, feel, feeling much, much, much better. better. I was out, out on Sunday with the kids walking for hours and stuff like that. So I'm feeling, I'm feeling fine, fine good. fit. I'm going, I'm going to say I'm no longer infecting the population. Although I'm still, I'm still kind of cringing as to how many people, me and Caleb, have infected at, at Comic Con. So. Oh, I mean, yeah, you, you were definitely um, like sort of a patient zero at Comic Con, essentially. We have um, wiped out half the geek population at Glasgow in one fell swoop. Yeah, that's why, it's, that, that, that's why no one's seen the Batman this week in Glasgow. Not because cinemas are, are you know, no one wants to go, because basically the entire geek population right now is in their beds recovering from COVID because of you. <laughs> I'll take I own that yeah you own that yeah, yeah. <laughs> decimate the deep population at one comic con <laughs> um, so we are recording this for the first time in a long time on a Tuesday night we, it's mm. much not, big, not a big a gap since we've been doing it last time just because of life has um, got some plans for the rest of the week so we'll try to fit this in when we can um, yep. even, even with a Tuesday night are you drinking anything of note? Uh, I'm drinking I'm, I'm just having a wee drink because I'm working late this week so I know right. I can have a wee drink and be like I can be a wee bit naughty <laughs> Wake up late tomorrow, whereas you're yeah. up early, so I'm like, ah, I'll fucking have my drink. Um, t- tonight I'm drinking Reikia vodka. Nice. Um, Icelandic, is, I believe. It is. It's Icelandic, and, and it's brewed in very small batches as well. So it's quite a, not exclusive, but it's quite, you know, it's quite quite a rarity. Um, Trust people who live in darkness for half the year to maybe know how to make booze properly. Well, I, I think Icelandic people seem to have a pride in, in everything they do, but they do yes. seem to do shit. Remember when the banks collapsed? Were Iceland not like the only ones that were like, yeah, we, we were sorted, you know, within the, days we were like, we're, we're fine. They did, actually, yes, I think, but I believe, yeah. I don't think they've done it many, but they did at least jail a couple of bankers who had, who had yeah, caused it, yes. They, they just seem to do shit right, they know what they're doing, and they're just like a focused people, I guess. Because it's there's like, only 15 of them. Well, I guess, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Ted Raymer brewing vodka. Ah, uh-huh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And all of them are playing football for the Atlantic football team. That's entirely it. But um, I, I'm not, I'm not a massive vodka drinker at all. I'm really okay. not, um, and I usually limit myself to, to like fucking absolute or whatever other nonsense. But um, we, we were out shopping at Christmas, and we had co-op vouchers, and this was in the co-op, and we, we kind of found it in sale. It was about, it's Small like, batch. Classic well, ones, where you buy yeah, it, co-op. <laughs> yeah, dude, co-op, co-op's quite exclusive, so I'm okay. trying to, and I, I've got to say, it's, I've, I mean, I've never tried, like, Grey Goose and stuff like that, but th- yeah. this is the, the smoothest, cleanest tasting vodka I've drank in my whole life. It, it's enough. just so easy to go down. It's just, like, water. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's amazing. Um, and really you nice. can't drink Re- Russian Re- vodka now, so you have to go to the Icelandic stuff. Well, oh, yeah, that's a, yeah, that's a point. I have boycott Russian vodka. Yeah. Um, Mm-hmm. So no yeah, Smirnoff yeah, for you. You've got to try and drink and all stuff. I, so. I'm not. I'm not a Smirnoff person anyway. I would much rather kind of you know try try something else. I'm not Fair really enough. into the, the Smirnoff's quite cheap. I think. I don't know. Right. It's generic. Yeah. It's, 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 yeah, yeah. It's a tenant. The tenants of vodka, isn't it? That's... <laughs> it's like I hate that we. It's funny that we use tenants to mean just like shit, essentially. I'm <laughs> <laughs> well, not wrong, are we? No. <laughs> uh, yeah, mass produced. <laughs> I think is the best way to put it. Yeah. But, well, that's what interesting. <laughs> I have one. Um, I have one from a 
brewery called An Union, which is a very odd name for a brewery, um, mm. and it's called Green Day. Oh, Green Day, like, like the band. I thought it looked a bit like The Matrix a little bit. With the sort of, it kind of does. It could it could be a Green Day album cover, but I wouldn't... could also be a Green Day album cover. Yeah, Green Day back when they were a punk band, not Green Day now when they're a rock band. Rock um, opera band, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's from Gloucestershire, I believe. Oh, wait, yes. so, oh, so away, away, away from Eastern Europe now. I don't know if it's just I'm just I'm checking the where, like, where the, the brewery is because I don't know if it comes from um, somewhere else and it's just brewed in Gloucestershire or if it is actually um, you know an, a, a Yorkshire um, beer essentially. Um, uh, I'm just checking this now for you. Is no, it, it's is German. I believe it's German. Ge- ah, right. Okay, so it's German Bavarian. brewed in Gloucestershire. Yes, yeah, so it's Bavarian. That, that um, well-known Bavarian brewery in Gloucestershire, apparently, yes. But it tastes nice. It's 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 actually, I say it the nicest possible way, it's a bit nothing. You know, when you drink a beer or something, there's not a lot to it. It's nice, yeah. it's refreshing, but it's not like yeah. you're drinking going, it's got a lot of aftertaste, a lot of kind of, and it hits you. You're sort of like, yeah, I can sip it like I could, like I can drink it, like, you know, what soft drink almost? Kind of, no, yeah, almost like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I, 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 actually, I actually get what you mean. I kind of, I get that with soul. Kind of yeah. does that for me. It's, there's, there's not a lot to it, do you know what I mean? But it's nice, it's refreshing, Aye. it does a job, but it doesn't give you any bubbly though. Oh, very bubbly. Very bubbly, yes. Gonna be burping away tonight. Possibly, um, yes. So just very quickly, um, I've got to get this off my chest before we start on, on movie chat. Um, so I I want I want our listeners to, to do me a favor um and I want them to check out a song that I've discovered that, that I've developed a bit of an obsession with. I'm intrigued how this um, song is now. It, it, you, you know the band Scorpions, when they change? Scorpions. Yes, that apparently was yeah. written by the CIA. Which which it wasn't. It's, it wasn't, no, it wasn't really, really no. no. Uh, but they, they've released a new album. Um, and it's, The Scorpions only name. come around when there's strife in Eastern Europe. Is that, that, is that the Scorpions' <laughs> MO, basically? <laughs> <laughs> they've got this album called Rock Believer, and uh, yeah. the title track, Rock Believer, it's fucking amazing. Um, okay. It's just, it's pure cheesy rock. Do you know I mean, it's like, you know, it's rock in its most basic form. Do you know what I mean? Like fucking yeah. single heavy riffing chords and stuff like that. But there's just like this, something about it. I think it's, he's got this crazy German voice that he can, the accent comes through when he's singing and all that. And it's just yeah. got this pure joy about it. And I'm just like dead, like fascinated by it. Do you know what I mean? Like every time I hear it, I'm like, that's this fucking brilliant. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, Really related to this song. Um, I'm more amazed that Scorpions are still around. That's sort of well, I was just going to say that the singer's 72 years old. <laughs> Is that um, older or younger than Jagger? Who, who, who's older? Oh, I, I think I think Jagger's maybe older. Um, right. But he, but I mean, for, for guys at 72, though, to, to be fucking like, like, mobile for a start, right? Yeah. But making music like this is. Fucking mind blowing, man! It, it's I like insane. the fact that they've seen strife in Eastern Europe. The, the Russian, the Russian West divide. <laughs> went. This is our chance to make some extra bank. <laughs> we can't do it during peacetime. We can only do it when there's a cold war brewing. Or when there's walls coming down. When there's walls coming um, down but, or walls going up. Whatever it is, scorpions are there. That, that, that's but, um, Check it out. It's called um, Rock Believer, and honestly, it's just so catchy and sweet and endearing, and it just this weird affliction he's got in his voice it just it makes me smile every time I hear it I just I'm like wow this, this is so much fun uh, it doesn't the podcast about them about the idea that that song was written by the CIA no 
Lorraine listened to I think I'd maybe heard snippets yeah. while she was walking about with her phone in her ass pocket and yeah. all the sound just moves about the house wherever she's yeah. going. Um so I did pick up some of it and we bits and bobs. But I think um they're making a documentary about now. The, the same podcast. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's one of those things. It's the, the idea of the story is quite a nice story in many ways, um, but yeah. it's obviously bullshit from what I mm-hmm. generally think. Mm-hmm. But it is, it's like an idea behind it. It's like oh, it's, it's it's a it's a believable story, but I think it is mostly bullshit. Yeah, yeah no, I think I think it's been entirely debunked. Which yeah. it's kind of weird that they're making a documentary out of something that the podcast has definitively said it's it's crap. Do you know what I mean it's like, well, why are you making? Well, the thing is, that's the point. You could, you could do it in a way you try you, to maybe sort of like attack myths and things that spring up on the internet. You know that people mm. people do hold this sort of like gospel and truth, and it's like no, it's just it's just something that spreads. And like, a lot of times, mm. like, the story, the, the source of the story is usually the story itself by someone printing it, like say a year before, and it's sort of it's like an echo chamber of like you know the story getting everyone think oh it must be real because this website says yeah. it's also real but yeah but that's just quoting that website i wonder i wonder if um the, the, the song itself when the change i wonder if that's public domain now or if they still own it because they still own it they must, I be, am they must be making a lot of money from yeah. that i am just guaranteed yeah. that is not public domain they are making sure the copyright on that is renewed every single time yeah, yeah, it's a big song. When I was when I was at, I mean, I first heard it originally back in the eighties when when it was released. Um, and me and Andy managed to get a version of it, but it was them doing it in Russian, and it was like oh, a piano right. version mm-hmm. of them singing it in Russian, and and the, the emotion. And I mean, I, you, we kind of knew the words in English, mm. um, but you know, you hear them singing it in Russian, but just the emotion, and, and it just changes the depth for the song again. It was it was gorgeous. So it was um, yeah. absolutely amazing. Um, and look at Russia now. Anyway, did not expect um, to go down the Scorpions <laughs> route tonight, so um, that's interesting. Have you watched yeah, anything so... of interest, have you watched anything of interest at home this week? Um, not a lot. Um, we watched episode three of Resident Alien the other night, um, right. which it has taken a bit of a dip, um, as as most shows do. You know, they, they kind of start off strong. Second season, it, it's not quite as high as it was in the first season. It's not. I mean, mm-hmm. still. Still knocks spots off a lot of shit that's on TV, yeah. Um, but definitely a, a wee kind of dip. Um, Tudyk still still impresses every scene that he's in. You know, Tudyk is really really funny. But yeah, the just kind of stories about meandering now, and you kind of like you know move it along. You know, pick yeah. up a wee bit. But still still enjoyable, and I would still recommend anyone to watch it. Um, and I watched so that I'm going through this weird fucking paradox déjà vu thing just now, where I'm watching the MCU with Lorraine right. um, in release order and I'm right. watching it with Caleb um, in timeline order you watch what do you watch first you watch um, Cap so, first surely Cap first which I'd watched with Lorraine about a month ago and about two weeks ago with Caleb um, then you would then then watch Captain Marvel and then you've got to wait then you'll get Captain Marvel much later on with with Lorraine yeah, Lorraine, yes. yeah. and then we would, we'd done Iron Man 1 and 2 which only done two weeks ago with Lorraine over the weekend so I'm like just I mean luckily you know you're, you're like me you can you watch Marvel them. as yeah. when do you know what I mean it doesn't matter um, but I'm, I'm kind of I'm, I'm dreading for a wee bit because <laughs> It's no, it's it's not my favourite Marvel film. Don't dread Thor, dread Thor the Dark World. That's you got. I think I prefer that to Thor. No, definitely. No, No, I think Dark World is definitely the weakest of all the Marvel films. Think so? Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely like you know, fucking the 
top of the list somewhere for sure. Um, yeah. But I think I prefer it over four. Maybe, maybe it's only I need to tune that one. So yeah, I'm doing this weird like kind of each week I'm like, I watch this on the Deja Vu and stuff like that. Um, but I'm looking forward to things like Guardians and stuff like that and introducing the wee man to elements that he's not seen before. So oh, that's nice. That's nice. Yeah. Absolutely. I um, think once you get, are... I think you pretty much everything's in order until you get you'll have you have a wee bumpy black widow that'll kind of go back in time. It's up. You you have to watch that before yeah. you watch our stuff, and then you also yeah. have Captain Marvel, obviously. But after that, it pretty much is all in. Uh, pretty much order. Falls in the lane. Um, we're missing out. Obviously, we're going to miss out the TV shows. Um, but we've got yeah. like, the one shots and all that in there as well. Yeah, so yeah, we're yeah. going to do the one shots and stuff like that with them, and we're kind of. Interspacing it with what if episodes that are relevant and stuff. Oh, like that's nice. So it's, um, it's nice, but it's just weird watching it one week and then the next week you're like, right, okay, let's go. Here we go again. Get yes. <laughs> I think it actually yeah. works better because we've done we've done both. We've watched it as a what you're doing chronological mm. and release as well. I think it works better release. See, yeah, I, I think so. I, I still do that with Star Wars. You know, I'll always watch Star Wars releases as well. Um, Four to six, one to three, seventy-nine. Always every yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. I get it. I mean, I'm not, I'm not a stupid person. I can, you know, you can figure stuff out. Forward. Yeah, but I think yeah, narratively it totally works better in release order. But Star Wars. All of it works better narratively in release order as opposed to watching in chronological order. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, definitely. No, uh, if you say anything like that, yeah, I'm like, I get it. I mean, like, I'm fine watching it. In the way it's fucking being released, I mean, I don't need to have it lined up for me to fucking right. make sense. No. Tell, if you if you show a kid it now, like I'm not, I mean, not going down the road, but if you watch Star Wars now in in sort of chronological order, the big reveal of number six is ruined by the end of number three. Yeah, totally. Yeah, doesn't make it so it's it's ruined. Aye, so doesn't make it sense. Anyway, that's plus it's nice having a middle. Do you know what I mean to start? Because ah, then you know you're like, well, you know what what happened. You know what's going to. You know, it's, I'm I'm de- no, I'm totally doing that. It's yeah. completely hundred um, percent. Have you been watching anything out with? Uh, one thing I've I've started watching again. I started I've read and got back into Rick and Morty. So I'm watching season four of that just now. Because I forgot mm-hmm. I actually forgot it was on. Um, so I'm watching that and it's. It's a show where at times it's so up its own arse with its cleverness that it becomes almost unwatchable because it's kind of just, it's just sort of, it, I'm, I'm not interested. Then yeah. other times it can be absolute genius. Um, mm-hmm. And it's very much in that, it's that swing, you know. The peaks are exceptional. The dips are almost unwatchable, not unwatchable, but they're just, I'm, I, I'm, I'm dulled by it. I just don't care. Yeah. There's a few, and a lot of, not a lot of middle, middle episodes, but it's like a good chunk of middle stuff. But, but it's very good. It's very good when it's, not very I mean, it's, it, when it's when it gets I'm trying to think of the word when it starts to believe its own hype a little bit, yeah, you know, about, about how clever it is, then I, I, I lose interest. But for the most part, excellent. Um, the thing I watched this week that I'm going to mention very quickly just because um, I won't go into too much detail. Um, is, is a documentary on Amazon called Lucy and Desi. Oh, cool, which it's all about um, Lucille Ball and Lucille Daisy Ball, Arnaz. Arnaz. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's directed by Amy Poehler. Um, so it's, it's actually quite a nice companion piece to have alongside that becoming the Ricardos or being the one mm. with um, Nicole Kidman and Javier Bardem. Um, which I, I actually really, I really liked that film. I, I thought I got a lot from it, but just a really interesting documentary about this, this couple who like sort of like the power couple, like not like insane power couple during their. The sort of the lifetime and but, yeah. her in particular was a, like an insane you know the fact she was ahead of a studio a, a woman ahead of a studio but back in the 1960s was yeah. amazing Nuts. Um, even now she, it's like fucking 
wild, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It shouldn't be, but it is, do you know what I mean? But yeah. And yeah. what that show brought and what everything that spawned from, like the 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 Lucy, is it I Love Lucy show, whatever that spawned and the studio that built and pretty much everything you know in terms of like sitcoms all come from that. And you can see why it is so revered in sitcom world yeah. because it pretty much the three camera setup, the live studio audience, the you know, the sort of the situational nature of it, it yeah. all came from that. And yeah. you watch it well and it's like this idea of like people's and it's it sort of gets to the root of who the, who it really does well with splitting the, the time between both of them, you know, of, of who they were. And they have this idea of like everyone said, oh, she was, she was naturally very funny. She was just very good at what she did. And, and it makes a very clear point of going, she wasn't. She was, she was, she was very good at, le- at, at like honing her craft. She mm. didn't, she wasn't naturally born into this. She was, she trained in the same way that anybody else would. She, she made She was always, things. always performing. Like yeah, she's always learning. Yeah, she's always doing yeah, it, and, and yeah. it's like yeah. it, she wasn't like she had, like she wasn't like a natural comedian, but she would find the funny, and that was and she had the very expressive face, obviously. But it wasn't like she was just naturally good at this. It was like something she had to, she, she wanted to do, it and she became good at it. And to just say someone's naturally funny and that's why they're good at it is sort of a bit demeaning to someone who does own themselves and hold their craft yeah. at it, you know. Yeah. And and the Desi Arnaz stuff as well. You know, he came from like. He was like very rich in Cuba, apparently. Um, and then the Cuban Revolution happened, and he's and he basically him and his family had to flee because they were going to get killed because yeah. they were part of like the establishment. Because I think his dad was a politician and his uncle was a mayor and things like that. So they lived a life of luxury and they were sort of mm. seen as the, the enemy by the, the Cuban people. So they escaped yeah. to, um, to America and then he became like this sort of he worked with who's a very famous, like sort of is it Charo or something? The sort of very famous, sort of like, um. She always wore the big kind of fancy headdresses and stuff like that, kind of singer. Oh, um, I know, I know who you mean. Um, I can't quite get her name just now, but yeah, I don't know who you mean. I think, like, I think, I think her name's Charo, C H R A O, or something, or something like no, that. Anyway, he was like, her, he, he basically was like her drummer and stuff like that, and then he became like he got he married uh, uh, Lucille Ball, but his idea Lucille Ball was like it was a marriage that shouldn't have happened because like she was older than him, which is always quite rare in Hollywood. Mm. That she married a younger man, and it's also she's marrying someone who's not white, essentially American, you know? yeah, American, yeah, yeah. not yeah. American and not white. So it's like it's everybody's against this, and it just it just really lovely documentary about these two people, and also seeing how the relationship broke down as well, which a lot of people don't realize. Like they did, they divorced, I don't know. and they I don't got know married, else. and they got married after the divorce to different people, and the marriages they had to different people after lasted longer than. The marriage, the marriage they had together, but yeah. everyone just sort of imagines them as this sort of perfect couple, but they, they, they weren't, but they still had a lot of respect. Yeah. For it. But yeah. it's really, they, I just yeah. really interested a bit about sort of this bit of sort of television and sort of history that we don't really get up because I think it really came over here. I love Lucy, so we don't really get nah, well, why it's so important. You know, I think it's one of those things we know about it through pop culture and movies like, and whatnot like but we, one division never, ripped it off in the first episode one division that was a pure yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Away, absolutely. yeah um was betty white not in i love lucy as well was she not she might have been yeah she might have been yeah, at one I point think um, she, she I think everyone was in it. It. Yeah. yeah yeah so so much stuff stemmed from it you know things like things like happy days and all that kind of stuff it was like they yeah. like, all that kind of stuff and everything all kind of stemmed from also it, like, talking about Desi's story um sounds like you know he could have quite easily became scarface i'm just saying very easily. He had, he had to, yeah. over to Miami, you know, it's all their drugs and everything. He could have been, you know, went fucking alternate universes. He's Scarface. And, yeah, just Absolutely. Saying. If you get a chance, it's on Amazon <laughs> Prime. Um, 
It's like an hour and a half long. Really, really well done. Really enjoyed it. Nothing particularly groundbreaking in terms of like how it's made or anything like that. Just, yeah. just well told and interesting to see people talking about it. And um, and like I said, it's a really nice companion piece to have alongside being the Ricardos. Cool. If you get a chance to watch that. So it's, it's it works really well. Cool. I'll very quickly for going. Um, I was doing my Ireland this morning, um, and today's Ireland viewing pleasure was um, two and a half episodes of Jailbreak with Morgan Freeman. So I'm still watching that. So very good. Which was, it's it, it's good watching, man. It's, they were doing um, the the Stalag one today, right, which, okay. which was quite good, and uh, the, the Irish one, the Maze Prison Breakout as well. Oh, okay. Which, which was it's quite it's quite good, man. It's interesting seeing it all going on and interviews and all that. It's, Tell it's, me. It's, Tell them to do the Fremantle Prison one. I'm intrigued enough to do that one. Fremantle? Oh, Fremantle. oh, is that one that's next, maybe? Actually. It's an Australian prison. When they try to break like Irish rebels out of an uh, Australian prison. Cool. I'll let, I'll let you know. But, dude, know. It's, Morgan, it's Morgan Freeman. You know, fair, enough, man, fair enough. The, the man could fucking tell you your dick size and you'd be like, you're so good at that. <laughs> he's, 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 he's what an odd thing for Morgan to be talking about. But yeah, fair enough. <laughs> and not the most interesting or long documentary. <laughs> Um, anyway, let's move on to some movies, which I know you've not seen much, so I'll, be, I'll brief on the ones that, you, that you've not seen, but try and, maybe try and convince you to see some and maybe talk you away from watching others, if that's the best way to put it. Oh. Um, so we'll start with a Disney Plus offering, which is Cheaper by the Dozen, um, the, a, a, a revamp, remake of this one, um, created by Gail Lerner, who has not really done a, a motion picture. It's a, it's a debut motion picture. He's done lots of TV, you know, things like Awkward and Grace and Frankie, and I think you know, maybe Modern Family, stuff like that. A lot, a lot, of, a lot of staple American sitcom television. So she's, she's got her fingers in that in those pies. So this is her debut feature um, in the movie world. Um, plot of this film, it's similar to the, the, the original one. It's, sort of, it's a family, they've got 12 kids. Um, and they're trying to survive. Um, one and in, in this one, it's not a, a biological family. It's 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 like sort of a kind of a Brady Bunch one, where right, okay. the two, the mum and dad, come together later in life, and they've got kids from previous relationships, and they have then they have some kids with each other, and they also adopt the kid from I think it's sister dies or something. They adopt the kid from that, so they've now got twelve kids uh, in the household. The dad is trying to realise his dream. He owns a, a bakery, and he's made this hot sauce that can maybe get family family you know some extra money. So he's trying to pitch that sort of in the kind of whole dragon's den type thing and try to you know make money that way, which is leaving a lot of pressure on the mother to, to raise the family. And um, at the same time, you've got the ex fam ex partners floating around causing causing bother as well. And you've got some, you know, some racial stuff because it's a, it's a white mother, sorry, a white father and a, and, a, and a black mother. So it's like there's some, some wokeness there as well. Um, yep. so, you've got Zach, so you've got Zach Braff playing the dad, Gabrielle Union playing the mum, Erica Christensen playing the Zach Braff's ex-wife, and Timon Kyle Durrett playing the ex-husband of Gabrielle Union, um, who's, who's like a football player or a basketball player, and he's sort of the big man on campus, essentially. You know, the kids love him. Mm. But Zach yeah. Braff feels a little bit demeaned by him because he is a, a giant, giant human being. And yeah. Zach Braff is absolutely it's, not a giant no. human being. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's a very by-the-numbers remake, okay, in the sense that nothing really stands out as better than the original. And I'm I'm really going to sound like I really love the original film the way I talk with this new one, but I didn't love the original film. The original film is... Who, who was in the original again? Steve so Martin. Give me a quick recap. Steve Martin was um, Keanu Reeves in one of them. Well, no, you've got um, Superman, not Brandon Roof, but the one from the Smallville, um, Tom Welling. Oh, yeah, Tom Welling. Ah, right, okay. Uh, Hilary Duff is a right. main, main daughter, and you've got Holly, no, Bonnie Hunt 
Bonnie Hunt is in it as well. So decent, solid cast. Um, so I'm going to probably give that one a lot more praise than it deserves to, in order to, like, to sort of compare it to this one. But I'm, I, wasn't a, I wasn't a massive fan of the other film. I think it's just a fine, it's an all right family film. It's, sort of like, it's a totally okay standard family film. It is kind of much the same. But as much as Zach Braff might think he's a comedy god, he is not Steve Martin. No, 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 no. no, no. no. Even lesser Steve Martin, which is cheaper by dozen, is definitely lesser Steve Martin. Yeah. He's still not lesser Steve Martin. So, it, it, so in that respect, you've got a lead in this film, and it very much is. This is the problem. Big problem with this film is the original, the, the the Steve Martin one. There's a lot of Steve Martin in it, but the kids sort of all have personalities that you sort of see come through and yeah. become a kind of important part of the film. This yeah. is very much the Zach Braff vehicle, and the kids are absolutely disposable to the point of I couldn't even recognise what kids were theirs and what kids. Or some random kid who's just walking so by. The, you the, know. The, the kids were props, basically. Essentially, yeah, the kids are props for so, Zach Braff's, um, you know, continuing comedy career. Is Zach um, Braff a big enough star to pull shit like that? Do you know what I mean? Like, what? I, think I don't Zach, think he is. I think he is big enough because this, this is most definitely a straight to DVD, straight to video, straight to streaming movie of which Zach Braff, mm. I think, is absolutely primed to be. Um, and I do get it very much get the sense of based I listen to, to his podcast with um, Donald Faison. And I very much get the sense this film was done as a way for Zach Braff to allow him to get money to do his own movie. It's very much a one oh, for them, okay. one for me type thing. Um, right. So it does make attempts of, of, a, of like a social commentary, which I thought was interesting to at least you know put that into you know because you've got the the kind of interracial marriage, you've got the kind of the, the half the kids are like so are, are black and half are white, and it's like how life would be different for the black kids because obviously in a world where being black can get you shot essentially because at yeah. one point they, they start living in like a, gate, a white gated community, very very white, very you know yeah. waspish. Um, and the mother tells the kids, "Don't play with your, your like they've got like laser guns. Don't play with them outside because you know there's been stuff that's shot. happened. Yeah, yeah you get shot. So, yeah. but they, so they do talk about that, and it's, it's quite interesting to start to approach that, and then just kind of forget about it. Um, and so you've also got a lot of stuff with like. Um, it's 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 like I think you talked about movie recently. And it's like it's almost like trying to be too woke for its own good. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's trying to click take all the boxes. You get some stuff with the, the the sort of Black Lives Matter stuff you're talking about. You've got women in the workplace. You've got like a bit of gentrification as well because he's like wanting to expand his restaurant out, but he doesn't want to like not use local suppliers and he doesn't want to go into the big business type thing. So it's like very much like against you. So it's it's, it's trying to take all the woke boxes. Um, and again, yeah. because it's tried to take all the boxes, just becomes kind of dull and uninteresting. Uh, are the dogs not called like Obama and Biden? There's a disabled kid as well. So the, the disabled kid, like, yeah. Uh, there's a every box kid, there's, t- there's yeah. a jock kid, there's a yeah. kid who's getting bullied, there's a kid who can do the bullying, there's a kid who thinks he's yeah. cool but isn't cool, there's a kid who isn't cool but is cool. There's there's a you know, is that there's everything. But the problem is. All the kids are very sweet when they've got a wee moment, but they don't ever yeah. have enough to do it to establish them as interesting. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And ultimately, I found Zach, I found Zach Braff kind of great in it. Um, Gabrielle Union doesn't get enough to do either. And she's up, she basically gets relegated to being the mum um, yeah. and doesn't really get to, to do much. So it's where it is on Disney Plus, like, you know, streaming is 100% where it should be. Comparing it to last week's film, I know you didn't like it, but like you compare this to um, Turning Red. Yeah. <coughs> Turning Red to me is a cinema film. This is 100%, 100% uh, 
straight to DVD movie. Um, and probably the only reason I watched it because my, my wife, for some reason, really enjoys Cuba by the Dozen. She's a, she's a it's one of her, it's actually one of her oddly favorite films. She loves that film, so she felt compelled to watch it. And she likes Zach Braff, so we had to kind of watch yeah. it for that for those reasons. Did Jill enjoy it as much? She found it a bit bland as well, to be honest. She said yeah. it, it just it didn't have any of the kind of kick or interest as the Steve Martin one and the original one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just didn't really, didn't really work for her at all. Um, and the, and the Steve, interest, they they done a sequel to the Steve Martin one, didn't they? Two by a dozen two. Is that how does that hold up compared to this? I cannot remember a single moment of your bio doesn't do oh right okay right. i have seen Maybe it not. i know for i have seen it but i cannot recall it in any detail whatsoever yeah some homework for you you can yeah no i watch the film again um <laughs> so i'm giving the new tube by the dozen a very average five out of ten i'd probably oh, give the other um, one six out of ten if, if you're interested i think on imdb because i did look at the, the ratings for it and a few reviews so imdb i think it's sitting about Three and a half out of ten. Four, so I've been nicer one. than what I should have been then. Um, and a lot of the, the reviews are, are exactly what you're saying. You know, it, it's trying too hard to be too woke. Um, do you know what I mean? And it's trying I'm all to for it. I'm all for making a, it. I'm all for making a political statement or making a social commentary. Yeah. But you've got to be committed to do it, and you've also got yeah. to follow through on it. You can't just sort of throw it in as a sort of a, a, a token line just to tick a box. You can't do that. Aye, you've, got to, you've got to make a point to it. Uh, it's not an exercise. It's you know, yes. if you've got something to say, fucking say, say it. it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't don't just do it as a poster. Yeah, no, I uh-huh. get you. I get you. Yeah. 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 So, and someone texted me when I was talking about watching it, and then um, someone texted me going, "Even Zach Braff even looks bored to be on the poster," and that is <laughs> not this. That's probably not unfair. <laughs> he couldn't even act on the poster. Yeah. Oh, dear. Um, so um, there we go. So, <laughs> doesn't five out of ten, which maybe sounds like maybe I'm being kind of what other people are being, but um, there is, you know, I think yeah. Probably are. I'm, you I'm, are I'm, generous sometimes. You are, but you are quite. You're very forgiving. Whereas I wouldn't be. I'd be like, no. You know, I'm, I'm out for blood. Yeah, it, it takes a lot to boil my blood. But that, that, I was talking about a film later on where one of the films the director made boiled my blood a lot when, I, when he first made it, and it really annoyed me. So, um, it's, it and it doesn't affect what I think of his new film. But I remember at the time watching a film that he made that was genuinely like angered oh, me. Right. Uh, I haven't talked about it on the podcast actually. Okay. Um, on to that one you, you have seen, so we can talk we can be about today on this one. So we get Fresh, um, directed by, again, on Disney Plus, um, mm. directed by Mimi Cave, uh, again, her debut feature. Um, this one, much more interesting, it's, I would describe it as a, let's call it a rom- romantic horror, I think is a bit the nicest way to describe it. A romantic fetish horror, possibly? Possibly, yes. Yeah. Um, so it's essentially, it's a critique on the modern dating experience where a young lady who's living in the city has doing the dating life, doing the Tinder apps, the swiping apps, all that kind of stuff. Not getting any luck. She has the very start, she's got a very horrendous date at the start, which really is, <laughs> yeah. it's really, it's cringeworthily bad, which has been really yeah. good. But one day, she, you know, think, not quite giving up on love, but she's obviously not really caring. She bumps into a very handsome man in the, um, the supermarket. That handsome man um, is a doctor. He deals with like sick children and all that kind of stuff as well. And he's, he seems all put together. Nothing really... Yeah bad about him yeah. um very handsome looking man as well um, mm-hmm. and then they decide to go away for a weekend um to his to his, his house and i'm not going to spoil it but from there it gets a lot more interesting shit gets crazy a lot more That's... interesting and a lot less romantic yeah for sure, <laughs> yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, so in the film you've got the the, the leads um uh, so, woman in it is Daisy Edgar Jones, who is an English actress doing a very good American accent. Actually, I she was so. I'll, I just because I, I, I watched this last night, um, and 
I've never seen, I don't think I've seen her anything before. Normal she people she's in on was TV. fucking a revelation. Yeah, she she's very good. was totally like, what? I mean, you just cannot take your eyes off when she's on screen. Jill did um, say a lot of times she's watching her in profile, she looks like Dakota Johnson. No, I didn't get that. Didn't get it, okay. Um, Anyways, I, just... I thought, mm, we bit Emily Blunt with her nose, maybe. maybe. Um, but um, she, she was phenomenal. I'm, I, honestly, I, I, as soon as I'd finished, I was like, who is she? And I was, and I was like, I cannot believe I've not seen her in anything. She is, she's good. If she doesn't, this doesn't propel her to bigger things. There, there's no justice in this show. I know, she, I know she, everyone loved her in Normal People. It was on like, BBC, um, and that got big right. reviews for that. Um, I've not seen I've read the book, but I've not seen the TV show yet, but I've heard it's excellent. Um, yeah. Also in it is everyone's most handsome, you know, you know, serial, not serial killer. Um, what, what is he in Winter Soldier? He'll be a mercenary. World's most handsome mercenary. Uh, yeah, assassin. Mercenary, assassin, yeah. yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Sebastian Stan. Um, Sebastian Stan, Stan, yeah. You've also got Jojo T. Gibbs plays the best friend of Daisy Edgar-Jones. And yep. you've got Andrea Bong who plays another person who is involved somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yes. So, what do you think? Don't spoil it. What do you think of this one? That, this, I, that wasn't sure what I was going into with this at all because the blurb... But when I read it, doesn't really prepare you for what you're going to see. Which I liked. Um, I was happy at that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I thought this was an amazing film. Um, yeah. For I mean, for the first time director, um, she's done a few music videos and stuff yes, like that. That's yes. her bread and butter up until now. What a confident just take on you know her, her vision, um, the, the way things were, were, were kind of framed, pictured, shot. You know, she had a clear vision, and it just comes through the full movie. Every every shot, there's no wasted shots. Everything's for a reason. I mean, every uh-huh. shot's relevant, and poignant, and so so well done. Um, I mean, a lot a lot of shots are kind of food and stuff like that, but it all becomes relevant. I mean, and what what kind of cool blurring shots and transitions and stuff like that. It's just really, it's really, really confident directing mm-hmm. the first time. I was totally totally impressed by her completely. I'm really excited to see where. We're going to go over this. I'm going to say as well, the writer of this film is a woman who is called, sorry, I don't know your name, sorry. Sunday Shah, I believe it is. Lauren Can. Can, yeah. Um, one of her, the films she wrote before this was um, Ibiza on Netflix, which might be one of the worst pieces of shit I've ever seen. Just goes to show, doesn't it, man? Like, show, you man, can't, you, can't, you know, yeah. you can't do it. Anyway, but, sorry, um, continue, continue. Yeah, so, so that, that, it was amazing. Um, see, the lead actress, totally, she, she just completely... Blew me away. I was just yeah. let's see. Every time she's on screen, she just can't. She, she, you know, you've got to feel attention all the time. You know, yes. You're with her and you're there. Um, Sebastian Stan um, is handsome. He's charming, and it just oozes charisma as well. <laughs> yep. Um, the, the best friend was brilliant. Um, yeah, I thought so. Was again, excellent as well. Yeah. Um, the other friend, the barman, was. Brilliant. I loved what they done with his character then. Yeah. So I was like, that's so real. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like none, none of this Hollywood bullshit. It's like, fuck this. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's well, that's, and Rob, that's the best thing I wanted. The best thing I thought about every character's decision seemed believable. No one made decisions I thought were going, there was no, none of the horrible decisions were going, well, that's a stupid thing to do. Everyone yeah. made, like, made believable decisions that I would go, yeah, yeah, I can understand the justification in doing that. Why you would do, do that. that, yeah, yeah, yeah totally. And somebody, no, one, no, one uh, ran stupid... the, no one ran up the stairs when she was running out the door, yeah, for example. But, I mean, she, she, she made some stupid choices, but it's stupid choices that people... With, her, with, with purpose will and make. reasons. Yeah, yeah, you understand yeah, why, with, yeah. With, with, totally, you get it. You're like, don't do that. Do you know what I mean? You're like, right. I can see why you're doing it. Don't do that. Yeah. Um, but it, it just... 
it, it kind of the first half hour starts out as one thing, and then it just switches, and you, yeah. you're just going down this road, and you're just like, "What the fuck's happening?" You know, yes. in such a good original way. Um, yeah. It's a story that's it's been done before in various forms and stuff like that, but the take on the story is so so good. Um, that yeah. this was re- brilliant watching, brilliant watching. I'm really, really blown away by it completely. Yeah, over to over to you, Jesus. Yeah, Sam. honestly, I can't disagree. <laughs> I thought I really enjoyed this aversive, kind of unexpected, zigzaggy nature of it. You know, and um, like I said, the first half hour, you feel you get a tone of you've rec- it felt very recognizable. You're getting the kind of meat, yeah. you're getting the normal kind of romantic comedy, um, yeah. or a rom type thing. It's all very sweet. Then there's a it's a shift. It's kind of I want to compare it to Get Out a little bit in the sense of like I mean, how it yeah. shifts. But definitely, I, it's got that tone and style. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I felt and get Get Out. I feel. From the very start of Get Out, you're kind of a bit on edge. You feel that something's not quite right. Whereas in this film, mm. you don't. You only know there's something not right because of the blurb of the film. That's the reason why you know something's not right. Other than yeah. that, there's nothing that really indicates something's not the way it should be. So you're kind of, you're, you are very much thrown. And it, the way it twists, because it, it's all shot at the very start, very, you know, your normal romantic comedy style of shooting. Yeah. You know, then yeah. all of a sudden you get all these kind of tilted angles and sort of, you know, kind of strange looks at things that make it make you feel uneasy when you're watching yeah, it. Yeah, um, totally, totally. I like the kind of American psycho nature of Sebastian Stan at times with the 80s he, music and stuff. He was having fun, wasn't he? As he well. was, you can, yeah. He was relaxed and enjoying himself. And let's say he, he's kind of got it. He's got, you know, he is handsome, he's charming, he, you know, he's sophisticated and he plays that really well. And he's, he smoulders sunscreen. Yes. And he's totally, it's almost like, um, without spoilers, but at the end... In a sick kind of way, were you rooting for them to get together? No, um, no? no not really. No. Right, okay. no. Right, shut, shut up, God. Okay. Um, um, I was, but but <laughs> you, I thought at least the three leads, Dave Edgar Jones, Sebastian Stan are the leads, obviously. But I thought Jojo T. Gibbs playing the best friend was also excellent. So three of them together brought a lot to it. Um, and also, what I give a bit of credit for is it's not particularly gory. No, it's not. It's, it's not implied like, gore. You do see yeah. some things. You go, that's a bit uh-huh. messed up. But you don't see. There's no. There's not a lot of blood spurting, blood spraying, but and any of that kind of stuff. What is implied hits you in such yeah. a bestial way that it fucks you up. That's the thing. You, <laughs> yeah. you're, you're, yeah. This is this is not titan where you're sort of you're seeing it all happen in front of you. you yeah. know, it's very much. You're very. You, you get that. You definitely know something's going on, and you know what's going to happen. But you're not yeah. seeing the blood spraying everywhere and guts flying mm-hmm. and you know people getting you know that kind of thing. So yeah, I thought it was that was a really interesting way of taking the gore and it felt in a very odd and not an odd way, but sort of that felt like I would say like because it was a maybe a female director, like it was very. Mm. I felt it was a different approach. Number one is for a film that's a, it, it's. I I think a male director would have sexualized this a lot more. Yeah, which it wasn't. Which it wasn't. That's the point. Again, I feel, and again, I think we've talked about it before. The female gaze in this film makes it a very unsexy film. Yeah, there is that at the start when it should be that way. Yeah, when it's the meat shoot and that kind of thing. But but yeah, not overly. I mean, it's not Uh shootest at all. It never is at any point. Yeah, Yeah. there's there's a scene with a girl in the shower in this. Yeah, which again, I think if it was a male director direct, making that film, I feel there's a good chance that would have been quite leading and probably trying to almost get you know, tech shot, yeah, yeah, essentially, yeah, yeah. Whereas and, this, and it, this was done 
that there was a relevance to why it was done. A relevance and, and a real yeah, point to and sadness to it, and it made and it, yeah. actually, it never felt it never felt exploitative in that respect. No, not not at all, not not at all. Um, but yeah, it's such a fucking good film. Also, as well, um, the credits, the opening credits when they come up, did not expect that at all. No, like a good yeah, yeah, half, totally, twenty minutes totally. into the film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just pure, cool and confident. You know what I mean? Like. There you go. I mean, then that is kind of when the film starts. Do you know what I mean as well? well that's, it's... that marks a tonal shift. You know, yeah, that marks. You're almost yeah, watching definitely. one film and then you're watching another yeah. film after those credits. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've actually told. I was watching it last night. Um, and Lorraine was going to bed because she's up early and I'm working mm. late. So I've kind of said to Lorraine tonight, as soon as she came from work, I was like, "You need to go and watch this film." Um, and you know, chatting to folks from work today, and I was like, "Watch this film last night. You need to see it." So I think this film is going to gain. An audience through word of mouth because I think if you see it, you will. I, I I can't see why people wouldn't like it and wouldn't yeah, want to recommend it. Absolutely, it's, it's going to build and build through word of mouth. I think. No, I agree because I think it's it's there because it's it, it appeals to sort of people who are who like a horror film, um, and it appeals to people who like horror film who don't like gore. You know, because like I said, mm. there's no gore in it. It's also like I said, it's well done. It's good actors. It's it's well played out. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's a pretty compelling story of, of what it is as well. So, absolutely. Um, this is one I would have liked to have seen in the cinema. I, I would happily have paid ten quid to see this. And I would like opinion. to have seen crowd reactions to some of the stuff in it. That would be quite good. Yeah. Um, I, think oh, yeah. Quite, I think the <laughs> yeah. fact that it's on um, Disney Plus um, would mean that people will get this. Well, like you said, gain an audience quite quickly. People will be talking about it and go like this. If you're looking for a film to watch on a Friday night and you're home, ninety five hundred minutes. This is something you can really get behind. It's, it's it's well worth a watch. Yeah, it will catch people off guard. Though, I think if if you don't know what you're getting in for, it, it will catch people off guard and they will freak out a bit. I think because um, it is it's, it's a fucking weird. I mean, it does take a turn. Do you know what I mean? It does twist. Yeah, uh, definitely. <laughs> in a crazy, in a crazy way. And, and if you don't kind of know or have an idea, I mean, I, I think we've watched enough movies to kind of pretty much prepared for whatever the screen froze yeah. is. Um, if, if you're maybe not as seasoned, yeah, you might <laughs> you might be in for a bit of a, a short a bit of a ride. Show, yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, out of ten, what are you giving it? Oh, solid eight out of ten, easily. I'm a, I'm solid seven out of ten. I enjoyed yeah. it a lot. Enjoyed it a lot. It's good. Yeah. Solid. No, really, really enjoyed it. Yeah. It's a good, it's again, it's a good Friday night movie. Honestly, one of the yeah. movies. Good Friday night movie. Um, I've um, that. Absolutely, uh, Mr. Stans. Is he just now, isn't he? He's he's on a wee roll, this man at the moment. He was Pam and Tommy, he's done this, he's just off the back of um Captain America and Falcon. I Tony as well, he's done as well. I, very yeah, unlikable character in that as well. Yeah, but he seems very, very busy, doesn't he? He's yes. just been demand just now, which is which is good because I do like him. I think he's a he's a really watchful actor. Um, you know, he's mm. he's kind of almost got that. 60s, 70s leading man quality about him sometimes. Yeah, and I, I like the fact that he's he's not just being the charming guy. He's, he's, yeah. He's, he's playing quite... Yeah. <laughs> I would say he's playing quite toxic characters of late. You know, he's Definitely. playing, obviously, with, yeah, with, you know, ah, playing he's, Tommy he's, Lee is pretty a toxic kind of almost like gaslighter. Yeah. Then he's playing, yeah. he obviously played I, Tonya, and that, he was a pretty awful character in that. And in this one... Yeah. Well, spoiling it, he's not a good man in this one either. So, yeah, it, yeah he's, to- he's definitely picking up in. So, he's definitely totally doing as eyes. much to, Get away from the comic book hero idea of like you can do other things. Yeah, and it, yeah, he's successfully as well. But yeah, this was a very good film, sir. And I probably wouldn't have watched it without your recommendation. So I, I doff my cap to you, Mister Lerdfeldon. Thank you. Um, 
last film of the night that you've not seen, but I have seen, and I will talk briefly. I'll talk briefly, but I want to talk a bit about it because it is, it is, I really very much enjoyed it. And that is called The Worst Person in the World, um, directed by Joachim Trier, Trier T-R-I-E-R, um, I believe a Norwegian gentleman. Um, he, done a, <coughs> he done a film called Thelma, which I really liked, and a film called Reprise, which I really liked. Then he went to America and made a film called Louder Than Bombs, which I thought was fucking atrocious, and I, I was offended by how bad it was and how much it annoyed me at the time I was watching it. Um, <laughs> you know what you watch when you go, this is just fucking bad. I angers you, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Almost on that men, women and children level. Remember we saw that? Oh, Jesus, yeah. yeah. I kind of get, I get why you'd be angry if it's like yes. that, yeah. 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 Get you, yeah. Man. I on get that you. level, yeah, so... This one is very different, very different. From that. It chronicles like sort of four years in the life of a character, a young woman who, like, sort of, she's in her thirty, she's turning thirty, um, and it's her like kind of navigating the what, like, sort of the world of, you know, kind of love life, what a career path's going to be, you know, what life is kind of going to be, you know, for her and like sort of her decision making process in that as well, and you know the 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 right road she walks down, the wrong road she walks down, and just sort of it's. <laughs> it opens up by saying this is a story of 12 chapters with an epilogue and a prologue and it sticks to that you know it's, sort of, it's, sort of, yeah. it's almost you're, you're not seeing you're seeing, a, you're seeing a linear story it goes it goes forward in time but there are time jumps in the sense that you're sort of seeing segment moments that sort of make up a whole kind of almost like important right. like, like chapters in a book you're seeing important moments that yeah. make this woman who she is um, in the film you've got this is where I get really bad it's a Norwegian film so I'm going to have to try and pronounce Norwegian names now um, so you've got uh, <laughs> I'm watching. Go on. <laughs> Watch me try to be, uh, So you've got uh, I think it's Ren- it, it's I think it's pronounced Renate Renee Renesev. That's she plays Julie. That's it's the main woman in the film. You've I'm got I'm gonna say it Renee Rasav. I'm gonna that sounds good, yeah. Uh, you've got yeah. <laughs> I think it's Anders Danielson Lai. He plays like, Andre sort of, Danielson Lau, yeah. Yeah, he plays yeah, the love interest. <laughs> and you've also got Herbert Nordrum. Herbert Nodrum, yeah. Yes, um, and a name you don't get many Herberts these days, do you? It's, it's something no, that's definitely you don't. Herbert Herbert Loms, the, the kind of big one that, that yeah, I think of yeah, yeah, but yeah, he's on at all. Yeah. You get a lot anyway. This is like like I don't think you'll like this film. Okay, <laughs> thanks. I think I think I don't think you'll like this film. It is a really pitch black comedy it's like so black it's it's kind of almost you know it's hard to navigate um at times that but it strikes a real blow that him feels even though it's about a, a woman in norway i think most people who are sort of in like sort of a, a, like late 20s mid 30s will probably find this hitting a little bit too close to home um in terms of particularly in this sort of new Millennium, like, you know, what we are, you know, so millennial generation of finding direction. I think that's been something probably my, my generation's had a problem with, you know, finding that direction. You, you're, you're sort of the ideals of your parents are, are not what you want to aspire to, but you're not really sure what your own aspirations are. Yeah. A little bit, yeah. but you, you still feel tied to sort of be in that, um, what your parents did, you know, have the house, have the cars, have the holidays. But at the same time, you you want to try and forge your own path a little bit. But you're sort of and there's that sort of arrested development aspect of it where you, you're almost like not grown up enough. Mm. You know, we we talk yeah. about it all week. Then we say like you look at pictures of our parents when they were yeah, our age and, and they look they were like, adults. They're adults. Yeah. We don't look. I don't think I look like an adult yet. <laughs> yeah. But 
I'm pretty sure when there's someone who's like 15 looks at me, they look at me as like I'm an old man, you know. Yeah, but totally. I don't kids feel... walk past in the street like out of the way, they'll look at you dressing well, like fucking somebody cool, old man. Stop. It. I don't know. Yeah. This is it's simplified with this. I don't know. Moment of football a couple of weeks ago, when I walked in with a rucksack on my back, and at no point did anyone check me for booze, weapons, or pyro. And I thought, why are they not checking me? And it's like, obviously, I think, look at him, he's an old man, he's not going to have anything yeah, of interest. He's probably he's, got he... an extra sweater in that bag to make himself feel warm if it gets cold. <laughs> It'd be like Terminator scanning you and going like threat level minimal. Aye, minimal, minimal. Man, man can do nothing. Like I can't <laughs> shit in my bag that could kick off and stuff. So I think that is the thing, you know. So we're 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 a little bit of a rest. Well, maybe you're, you're a little bit older than me, but we're kind of there is a sort of a rest development at, at my age, sort of where you feel yeah. maybe at, at times directionless. You're not really sure. And the idea of like people having like you know you have a you, you take a job when you're 16 like, like our parents did, and that was pretty much your job until you retired. Yeah. Whereas now people will have maybe. Three, four, five jobs. I mean, yeah. we, we've been we've been quite lucky. We've kept the same company for the last like sort of you know 10, mm. 20 years. But generally, you don't generally people do move around a lot. So there is that kind of respect, you know, and you know finding this sort of idea of a fulfilling life. And that's where this is where this film kind of gets the heart of of like these decisions you make. Sometimes right, sometimes wrong. But what makes you you? Yeah. A little bit, and what and what forges that path? Um, it's got. Renee Renews um, in the lead role. <laughs> I can't pronounce her name. I'm not good at names. Um, is wonderful. She won the Cannes Best Actress Award or Best Actor Award, sorry, um, and absolutely deserves it because it's it could so easily have been your manic pixie dream girl character that yeah. we've seen a thousand times before, but she doesn't. Yeah. She brings she brings a realism to it that it's it's not. She's not a the the, the title is a misnomer. She's not a bad person. Yeah, no, she's a person. Like in the same way yeah. we all are, you know, we all make good decisions, bad decisions, but not not they don't make us bad people a lot of the time. Yeah, always, totally, aye, totally, yeah. You know, breaking up with someone doesn't make you a bad person and things like yeah. that. You know, you know, there's, there's yeah. ways of doing it that can make you feel better or worse about you know who you are as a human Yourself being. Yourself and make the person, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but it's, it doesn't make you necessarily a bad person, you know. So it's stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um all the characters do feel like very lived in real people. Not no one feels like a caricature, no one feels like you know, a construct just to prove the story along. They all feel like proper people. And it's not quite social realism in the sense of, like, you know, um, Tangerine or, like, you know, Red Rocket last week. It's not anything like that. It still very much feels, it feels like feels like art rather than real. But yeah. the, the, the point is still there. Um, very funny throughout. But then there are moments when the tone just shifts and it's something more serious and it does really hit a lot harder because of that because you, you know, I was genuinely laughing through most a lot of it because there's some really funny stuff in it but then there's some really like oh that's that's really like oh, oh, good that, that, that. well not 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 good but you sort of that that hits home a little bit of that that feels that feels very real um mm. and really it's it's her performance she is an, like she's an imperfect lead um, and an imperfect person as we kind of all are imperfect yeah. you know yeah. no one's no one can be deemed with that so in that way she's been very very believable um, also, it's set in Oslo, so Oslo looks very pretty. Um, yeah, you know, very, looks very pretty. City. A lot of people wearing from very good knitwear. You know, Norwegians do knitwear very well, which I've got quite a lot of Norwegian socks, and I can testify to that. Yes, yeah, they, they they rock some knitwear, some you know, some <laughs> excellent knitwear. Um, but yeah, I just I really enjoyed it. It, it sort of washes over. It's like two hours long, um, and it does just feel like it washes over. It's probably best in the cinema because of that. It's it, it's sort of you need to sort of embrace and engage with it, not yeah. let your mind wander away from it. But I, I really dug it. I thought it was excellent, and I, I'm it, it's going up for I think it's up for best foreign picture um, at the Oscars, and thoroughly deserves to be up there with that. She deserves to be up was, for best actress. 
Was there a crowd at the cinema? Not so much because it's like obviously a, it was like a Monday night and stuff like that. So it's it wasn't any walkouts. No, no, good. That's no. good. That's good because people are like fucking. But it's it, it's so. I think you go when you do a GFT. It's it's more it's a classy cinema. People don't tend to do that. Oh, GFT event. Actually, it wasn't. Oh. It's, not, it's not. It's not really shown at um, um, your major cinemas. It's, it's, it's very much an art housey film. Ah, cool. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. Um, so actually, I, I don't. It sounds like something I could. I could dig, man. I, I think you I might dig it, but I, I, I think you also might. I can. I very much easily see you not liking it. Oh, okay. I'm going to try and hunt it down and maybe yeah. try, and, try and get to see it eventually. And when I do, I'll let you know. Yeah, I think maybe so, one of the things I think, like, if you are a little bit older, maybe open, maybe not quite hit quite as hard, possibly. I think maybe it's, I'm I'm right on the edge because it's, but in the film, I think she's like 31 or 32, so she's a bit older, a bit younger than me. Mm. But it's, it feels fresh enough to me. I can, I can kind of get, but roughly the same generation, I can, I can, I can get the, you can relate. I, where she's coming from. So maybe that's where I, whereas, it, Whereas I'm old and resigned to my fate, basically. <laughs> Not quite, there. but you are. It, there is. It's amazing how much you know a few years can make a difference in the, sort of the mindset. You know, yes, yeah. it can make a big difference in how you see and how you view the world. Also. You've got kids and stuff like that, so you've got a different view because of that. She's not yeah. in this film; she's not. Mm-hmm. So, and it's and in most of the films, she sort of doesn't want kids. Is very anti having kids, and she doesn't really like being around kids. So, there's that sense as well. So, yeah, maybe maybe you don't want around kids either. Maybe that's. Yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you're right. What you're saying, you're in a few years. I mean, to, to the point of like generational differences is to the point where you get your own labels like millennials do you know what I mean oh, baby boomers yeah. stuff like that do you know what I mean and, you know, you're putting these categories because it is a cultural difference between yeah. generations yeah and how you, how, you, how you view the world and stuff like that but yeah mm-hmm. I really don't well, I get, get, a very, get a, very, a very solid very you know better than solid 8 out of 10 um, well worth a watch well so this week's film then is for me yeah I am um, probably some of the most fun with was fresh yeah yeah, but I think the better film was Worst Person in the World. But I would say you, I say it's a different frame of mind to be in for both of them. You know, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah you know, definitely, definitely. definitely. What, what the, I wouldn't watch them back to back, and um, they're both about the modern dating scene in many ways. So. <laughs> in, a, in a weird kind of juxtaposition, you've you've crossed across the stream somehow. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. But her, yeah. her a bit hectic at times, but it's not as bad as the one from Fresh. You know, her, her, her day in yeah. life takes a major downturn, you know, with yeah. where it goes. I'll, um, try, I'll try, I'll try and watch it. I'll try and, and watch it. it um, next week, we're going to, there's not a lot out next week, so we're going we're to catch up with some of the stuff, we hopefully catch up with stuff we didn't get to see this week. So one of them is The Phantom of the Open, um, yeah. which I still try to see. Heard, I've heard nothing but really one really joyful things about it, so I'm actually really yeah. looking forward to it. Mark Rylance being out a golf clown, that's... What more can you want from a film? I listened to a podcast all about it the other night there, um, and it's a fantastic story, um, a yeah. wonderful story. And I think from what I'm led to believe based on what I heard in the podcast, which um, the, the story they tell in the film is they had to tone it down in order to make it believable in the film. There's a lot more to it than... than, than, than but, but you see, wow. They, 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 combine, they combine events to make them more believable than one thing, but it happened like more than once, I think, is what they keep <laughs> saying. So um, I'm pleased to see that. We've also got a horror movie out called X, which mm. is um, partly, it's, a sort of, it's not quite a found footage film, but it's um, people try to make a porn movie and it's sort of everything goes awry when they're trying to make this yeah. porn movie on site. Um, yeah. What we say about this film, X, because not, not, not I would encourage this, but calling a film X makes it pretty much undownloadable. You can't, you cannot torrent or stream this film anywhere. It's, oh, it's a, it's a yeah, genius yeah. move. 
That's quite clever, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's um, well, well, well played. Um, well played. That, the position of X, Ty West, and so yes. that, that's, that's very well done. That's very clever. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, this week we have well, the new film out this week would be um, Jerry Bruckheimer film called Ambulance. Oh yeah, yeah. So Jake Gyllenhaal is in this film. Yeah. Um, I'm not really sure what the entire plot of the film is, but it looks like you know it looks hectic and looks stressful. Yeah. Chilling yeah. so, uh, Hall delivers usually, so it'll be interesting to see that. Very, well. really bad. Um, um, also, this week we might try and watch as much as possible as starting tonight, in fact, is yeah. Peacemaker on yeah. Sky. So we'll maybe try and Sky, watch a bunch yeah. of that to try and get through a lot of that. Get a few episodes at least under our belt and we can, yes. we can blend it about that as well. Yes. Tell me what you find us. You can find us at number three, Beers in the Movie. We're on Instagram, we're on Gmail, we're on Facebook, and we're on. Twitter, loads of social places where you can come and say hello and pay us a wee visit and, and talk to us about are, are you a millennial, baby boomer? What, what are you? Octogenarian? I don't know. You yes, most people lost this would be a millennium. Millennial. Uh, a, a millennials, you think, is your think that's like if you're born in like oh, 84 onwards. Is that, is that what makes you because millennial? Because the time you hit behind the millennium hit, you were like 15, so you're like sort of in the millennium generation. It's not when you're uh, born, it's when you sort of hit. Ah, sort of, right, okay. You know, okay. That, that's different, you know. Yeah, I like to think of myself as I'm more I'm universal. <laughs> you're you're a happy <laughs> <where> you are. <laughs> you can find us all the usual places. So give us give us give us some look up and, and say hello and talk to us and stuff like that. I've been Colin. You've been Richard, and we've been three beers in a movie.